The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. Well, let me just tell you, if you've ever been to Croatia, then today's program is going to be really boring because you've already heard of all this stuff. If you haven't been to Croatia, then you should stick around because we are about to share with you treats. (laughs) And only the alcohol was actually purchased in Croatia. Is that correct? Didn't you get this in the the booze you got from – you didn't get this booze. You did? Oh, you ordered it online. I was going to think. I, I know that uh, Woodman's has a really big liquor department, but I'm guessing Croatian brandy is probably not on their list. Uh, I actually got this over at, uh, what are those liquor stores called? AMC's, MC's, whatever there. I got it over in uh, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. Only time I buy booze in Minnesota is when I forgot to bring enough from Wisconsin <laughs> normally. Yeah. My guest on Cooley Region Cooks, in case you missed any of us, Talking about it earlier this morning is Derek Van Orden, who uh, brings his cooking expertise from time in the military. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. uh, I'm a retired Navy SEAL, and I deployed and I lived and worked on five of the seven continents. And my first combat deployment, oh, yeah, man, I've been all over. I've I've made bread. I mean, I knew you were every place, but I didn't realize you'd been on five of the seven. Yeah, I worked as a Navy SEAL on five of the seven continents. I didn't go to Australia. I spent about nine weeks in uh, New Zealand working with their SAS. That's right next door. Human Yeah, but I tell you what, you uh, say that you've been to Australia when you've been to New Zealand, both the Kiwis and the Aussies will have a good old-fashioned punch-up on you. Oh, really, really? They don't want to hear that. Yeah. So you I, mistake I, me for that guy, then we're in trouble. Yeah, don't. Do and that. if you don't recognize my accent, is different too. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, and sure. then I haven't been to Antarctica also. But, uh-huh. um, so this, the dish that I made today is called pleskoditska, and it is a traditional uh, Croatian-Serbian sausage patty. It's made with uh, beef, mm-hmm. pork, and lamb mm-hmm. um, mixed together with some onions and a lot of garlic. And then your 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 listeners can't see it, but it's served with a lot of uh, white onions, green onions. And then this uh, smoked red pepper, roasted red pepper sauce that I made for you yesterday. Oh, and I, I mixed the sauce. Is that what this is? But um, so it's interesting learning how to cook around the world with these folks, and it's a very cultural thing to both uh, distill different alcohols with oh, them, stock, and uh, what we have right now is called Schlievovitsa, which is a, a plum brandy, and that is uh, made with the Prunus domesticus, so it's a regular. Uh, blue uh, plum. Um, if it's you guys made, are going to have to help yourself because you know we're kind of busy ground, now. But them. so it's pleskovitska, and so it's uh, lamb, pork, and beef sausage. And, nope, it's yours. And this is a grilled cheese from Greece. And then you would know that bread is naan. If you're um, if you're a Croatian or Serbian in the country, you would call that krug. And if you're a Musliman or a Bosniak, which is a Muslim, you would call that uh, kleb. So there's... We just call it bread. We just call it bread. Flat bread. Yeah. They do. And you know what's cool? In Bosnia, they serve... Please, help yourself. There's, there's much more in here. Yeah, yeah. Help yeah, yourself. yourself well, and you brought a partner, um, so he's going to have to yeah. roll up his sleeves and get to work. Brett is now serving. Brett, um, start serving, buddy. So what's, what's cool As soon as is, these ladies leave the studio, that aroma goes with them, and 
we'll be up to our elbows in people that are hungry. There's more uh, cheese, grilled cheese in there, and then also the uh, patties. And oh, is that what this white thing is? That's cheese? That's cheese. That mm. is a grilled oh, cheese. Gonna... It's from Greece, actually. Oh. Uh, but, hey, so the lamb, before we we'll go through the recipe yeah, yeah, real yeah. quick. And then oh, we, can... we don't need, we don't have to get 45 minutes, okay. so no I'll hurry. I'll tell you stories after that. Yep. So this lamb is from Flowing River Farms. That's owned by Tom, Sue, and then uh, Hawken is their son. That's in Arcadia. Oh. Um, and uh, Tom is a large animal veterinarian. He does lamb. He does uh, goats. And... You shouldn't talk about his weight, though, just because he's an animal <laughs> veterinarian doesn't yes. mean he's large. He is. <laughs> oh. I don't get um, to do that very often, so yeah. I had to take advantage yep. of it. And uh, they do grass-fed beef also. So oh. if you're ever out in Arcadia, you can get on. It's uh, Flowing River Farms. Okay. Um, it's on the Internet, and it's fantastic. Sure, sure. Incredibly great Farms. facility run by you know a veterinarian. Cool. Um, I was going to cook. And a ve- is he a veteran? He is a large. No, no, a veterinarian. For a veterinarian. I just wondered whether you had history with him from. No, you know what? I met him uh, because I needed to find some lamb to make oh. this dish for you. <laughs> okay. And my wife actually found one of their flyers on a quick trip. Oh, I love wow. quick trip. I go there all the time. It's, I mean, yeah. I I do not understand how people function without quick trips around the they country. Don't. They don't. They I mean, don't. That's why Wisconsin is the most productive Boston state in the, I'm telling the country. You. Because you. of Quick Trip, but so Sarah found one of their flyers in there. I called him, and it turns out, um, you know, he's a supporter that I hadn't met yet. And uh, so we went over to their farm. It's just fantastic. It's just oh, cool. Uh, it is so beautiful the country there. And uh, he explained what he's doing and how long he's been in business. His son Hawken has uh, like fifty goats that he's raising himself. Oh, and he wow. also has a cookie business. So that young man just got out of his freshman year of high school. He's going to be a millionaire by the time he's Cookie 30. business. He's yeah. a freshman in high school? He just got, he just finished his freshman year of high school. Wow. So, fantastic That's guy. cool. Well, yeah. he'll be able to teach the business classes by the time he's a senior, huh? He should, That's yeah. That's great. That's so, great. So, um, this dish is made with a two-to-one ratio. So, you have two parts beef, one part lamb, and one part pork sausage. And All then right. you cut a whole large uh, white onion. Mix that up. You put about a quarter of a cup of minced garlic in there and then some garlic salt on top of that and paprika. Mm. Mix that up uh, very, very well. Let it sit overnight. Um, it just makes it taste better. That's good. You, then it goes on the grill. Uh, the, it's delish. The roasted red pepper sauce is roasted red peppers, uh, more garlic. goes in there, some paprika, some cayenne pepper, and then also red pepper flakes. That's that little. Ah, uh, there's a bite in there. That's... There's a little bite in there. Um, yeah. And I do have to warn all of your listeners, if you're going to go on a first date, do not eat this dish. Unless you're both eating it. <laughs> Unless you're both eating it, right, because you're you're going to eat about a half a pound of onions right now and uh, as much garlic also. So uh, definitely. And that'll be the end of your pristine double mint breath. There can be social consequences for eating this for the first right. time. But uh, On the other hand, you'll be able to help somebody get their car started just that's correct. You just that's blow on the engine with the Schlevo. I'm telling do you, it for you. Wow, yeah, and that stuff is really that's you know really tasty. We too. did a six week Croatian brandy. It it's is plum brandy. Plum, but Croatian plum brandy. Croatian plum, which brandy. is clear. Yep, and that's uh, the part that threw me off right away. Yep, Serbians call it uh, rakia. It's also called rakia in some other Eastern uh, countries. I worked the malign Russian problem set. In Eastern Europe. So my first combat deployment there, we were finding, uh, they're called PIFWICs, people indicted for war crimes, and also providing a ground truth about what's taking place, because you got to remember what happened in that war. Uh, Tito died, and he, he was a Croat, an ethnic Croat, and they were a communist country, 
and they really splintered apart because the only thing that kept them together was uh, Tito's real strong, you know, authoritarian leadership. Sure. And when he died, it devolved into a horrific civil war. I'll and bet. I'm telling you, man, seeing the pictures of what's going on in Ukraine right now is it's just heartbreaking because it reminds me so much of when I was a young man. And that conflict just finished um, officially wow. when I got there. So the really? buildings look like they're bombed out from World War II, just like they look in, uh, like in Ukraine right now. So what a mess. They, the Dayton Accords were signed in 1995. I showed up there immediately following that. And I didn't live on a base. I lived with one other Navy SEAL and then uh, between seven and nine Special Forces uh, soldiers, great guys, Green Berets, in a house out in the community. Oh, cool. And we would drive around. Um, every day. You were security or what was your deal? No, my deal was to go find out where people indicted for war crimes were. Oh, you had to go find them? Uh, yeah. I mean, so was, you were on the hunt. Was, you had a dangerous job finding people who don't want to be found. Yeah. Or come with you when you say, well, or your interpreter says, come with me. Well, that was a different group of people that actually um, secured the... Oh, you just locate them, then call somebody who comes in with bigger guns and... Uh, yeah, it's a little more complicated now. Um, well, I'm sure, but... Yeah. So a lot of jobs it's a cooking that, program. I don't want to yeah, get too involved. You wouldn't uh, guess, but uh, oftentimes jobs that seals do are dangerous. Yeah, and that, that was that's what I've heard. Sure. Yeah, that, that's it's at least thing. according to the TV show I watch everyone now and then. You know what? My buddy Scott Fox was on that show. Really? Yeah, we we're in the same troop at Seal Team Seven. No kidding. And his character just got killed off. I guess I've never seen the show. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. putting an accountant watching a show about accountants. Yeah, and, probably no, not. Quitting, so. That's well, then you just spend way too much time going, that's not how it is. It doesn't go like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, they're in this, they sent us to this six-week Serbo creation. They called it Turbo Serber, Serbo to learn a little bit of the language and then some of the cultural aspects of being in Bosnia. Sure. Knowing some you don't want to get in trouble by doing the wrong thing. Just for simple, right. something simple, yeah. And one of the things they said was um, these people drink a lot of hard alcohol, and they start in the morning. And I'm like, no way. But they do. And so they said, hey, when you're done, just turn your, your uh, shot glass upside down. They'll know you're finished. So I go, okay. I go to pick up my interpreter for the first time. Never met the guy ever. His name mm-hmm. is Zoran Azuminidic. And they called sure. him Zorka. That was his nickname. Yeah. Uh, he was half Croatian, half Serb. His father was a Serb. Mom was Croat. They have a compound where they raise plums and grapes and uh, apples. But his dad was killed by an errant artillery round right in front of the oh. front door of their house that I'm, I'm in this house now. And um, so his mom fries these, um, they're like biscuits, but fries them in pork fat. So oh. she was a Croat, even though the town we lived in was controlled by Muslims. They were a Croat, so we would go up to Republika Srpska in the Federation and buy pork products for them later on. She had sure. done this previously. That's why they had it when I showed up. So anyway, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. And... Uh, she pours a shot of the stuff that you're drinking right now for me Whew, at 7. 7 a.m. And with a fried pork biscuit. So I'm like, okay, thanks. I drink it. I turn the, the glass upside down. And she picks it up, fills it up again. And so I, I drink it. I turn the glass upside down. I did that like four times. So now it's like 7.15. I've had you know, four of these things. I'm like, what is going on here? And she starts talking to her son in Serber Croatian. At that time, I spoke really none of it. You know, I know how to say chleb. What time right, is it? Like uh, bread. You go to you know, the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Minska polio, by the way, is a minefield. Uh-huh. I'll never forget that yeah, one. Yeah, like, really. write that one down. But um, So we get in the car, and I'm like, Zorka, what was your mother saying? And he said, she wanted to know if you're some kind of sissy. Oh, <laughs> because you only had four glasses? Because I only wanted Of the 99.9 proof? Like, what the heck? So 
<laughs> I mean, that, that deployment turned out to be really interesting. Um, some of the, the things that happened there, you know, being a young yeah, man wow. or younger man, I was 27 at the time. But uh, I got to participate in working with the, the Federation Rapid Reaction Force, which was the first pairing of the um, Musliman or the Bosniaks with the Hrvatskis, the Voinitskas, the Croatian soldiers. Um, and that was the, the beginning of the uni- reunification process of that country. Oh, cool. And uh, just terribly fascinating. Um, but, again... If well, you could do it over a dinner table, it'd be a little easier, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but, you know, human nature is human nature. And people, they devolve into these things. Uh, you know, again, with Ukraine, what's going on? Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. And he invaded that country unlawfully. And those people are going through a real, real hard time. And when I was stationed in Special Operations Command Europe, um, I helped write all the contingency plans for all, all the soft response yeah. for all of the countries in Europe, uh, including uh, Ukraine. So, anyway, uh, yeah. Then, woo. So in South America, you want to hear a cool South American story? Uh, one, one. Then we got to cook some more. Oh, we're going to cook some. Well, this sure. is this is actually about cooking. Oh, I'm all about right. that. So we were going to go down to Venezuela. This is in the '90s when it was beautiful before Hugo Chavez took over at this socialism and destroyed the country. It's a train wreck now, but it was beautiful at the time. And we were going to spend a month on the Orinoco River. I think it's the third largest river in the world. Um, on this old military boat, working with their Marines, teaching them how to do counter-narcotics operations. Oh. But, you know, part of the Barry McCaffrey's war on drugs. That's, this is back in 94, I think. Anyway, so we're down there, and I'm doing all the medical intelligence stuff because I'm the corpsman, and I'm also an intelligence representative for six or eight platoons, whatever it was. And... Um, so part of that is we're going to be exercising. So I'm asking, hey, are there any type of dangerous wildlife here, like piranhas, for instance? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, nope, there are no piranhas. I'm like, okay, great. So we're doing these run-swim exercises, patrolling in the jungle. But instead. We're living on this boat, living in the jungle, and swimming in the Orinoco all the time. And uh, so I'm fishing off the back of this boat. They called me El Pescadero, which is you know the fisherman in Spanish. It's great. Again, it's a great way to understand a culture doing activities that oh sure normally. i mean if you really want to get to know somebody you hop in a boat and you go on the river right and you go go catch some crappie you're right. right you have time to talk so i'm in the back of this boat and uh i i get a bite and my line breaks i get a bite and my line breaks it happened over and over and over again so finally i put a steel leader on there i reel in this fish and i'm like hey man this thing has got these gargantuan teeth and i'm like hey I thought you said there's no piranha here. And he's like, that's not a piranha. That's a goldfish. I'm like, what is it? He goes, it's a caribe. And I go, caribe? What is a caribe? And he goes, it's a little piranha. I'm well, like, so you got... It's was, a baby piranha. Right, so we've been swimming for, you know, 10 days in this this river with piranhas. I had no idea. So I, what well, I learned from that, the takeaway, I try to, like, take away important something learning yeah what did that i learn from this yeah precision of language means something very important like, not just do you have piranha here do you have little piranha do you have little piranha right and he'd go of course we call them caribbean yeah do you um, have however, any fish that could bite my leg off so here is how or any other important prepare a caribe yeah or a piranha so you scale them okay uh gut them and then uh barbecue them how do they do i would assume that one of your hosts uh 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 you want to do a little of sure. that? Okay. I assume your host did the uh, fish preparation. How do they, when they fillet a fish, is it, uh, fillet a fish is the same everywhere in, a, well, in the world? These are so small. I mean, they're they're like a like a medium to small size bluegill, right? Oh, oh. So when you're filleting really them, there's almost tiny. nothing there. Okay. So you gut them, and that's why you, you scale them, 
instead of filleting them. And then barbecue them. And their charcoal over there, it's not like, uh, you know, Kingsford charcoal here. Sure. It's made from, like, pieces of wood. Wood, and, sure. Right, and it's, sure, it's sure. really great because... Uh, Chunk charcoal. Yeah, it's fantastic. But, um, so then you grill them, serve them with a little bit of lime juice and salt. And that's mm. all you do. Really? Yeah. Um, that's... Then, some of my favorite kind of foods are the ones that don't need any seasoning at all because yeah, all by plain. themselves, they're delicious. So that was Bosnia-Herzegovina. Um, so that's Europe. Uh, just talked about South and Central America cooking fish. And uh, in 1998, I had the opportunity as a SEAL corpsman to work with a group called Joint Task Force Full Accounting. That is a, a group of military folks and civilians in Hawaii. Uh, Camp Smith is the headquarters, and then Sohai is where they have the mortuary affairs groups. And what this this body that was assembled does mm-hmm. is they travel around the world to places of former conflicts, and they find um, the remains of U.S. service members. So it's, it was really fantastic because I grew up, one of my earliest memories was watching the uh, evacuation of the embassy in Vietnam. in Vietnam. Yeah. And I tell you what, man, when I saw that in Afghanistan again, I was – shocking because we we left thousands the 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 current administration left thousands of american citizens in afghanistan, in afghanistan. And it was terrible so i wanted to go back to vietnam um again since 1998 pre-september 11th um to really kind of see that country because that's what i grew up uh-huh. and um so it was very interesting we were in outside of denang in cameron bay and my buddy al who was uh he's he's ethnically uh, half Chinese, but he really looked Vietnamese. He had a mixed family. Helpful. Awesome, awesome guy. Spoke Vietnamese fluently. He was a, a Army staff sergeant. Um, so we're just standing there on the beach, and all of a sudden, this lady comes up. Al starts speaking to her. And then five minutes later, there are lawn chairs and umbrellas. Oh. Like, out of nowhere. And then someone comes up, and they have a cooler of drinks. Out of nowhere. And then someone comes up with these blue crabs. So they're live blue crabs with their, their uh, pinchers. Little pincers, tied. yeah. And they just walk up. To, and I'm telling you, you know, 10 minutes before, there was no one there. This is an empty beach. Uh-huh. And uh, they come up with these blue crabs. And I'm like, what the heck? And so you pick them out. And you're like, well, we're, you know, went in Rome. Or yeah, in that case, yeah. went in Da Nang. Went in Da Nang, yeah. um, So you pick out your blue crabs. And then they come over with these huge tiger prawns. And you pick oh. a few of those out. Then they disappear. They're gone. I don't know where they're at. Come back like 15 minutes later. All this food is prepared. It's just perfect. And how you eat blue crab when in Denang is you crack it open, and then they give you a plate, and they have uh, salt, pepper, MSG powder, and lime juice. Huh. And so you squeeze the lime into those three different, you know. Uh, well, seasonings, yeah. The seasonings. And then you dip the, the blue crab into it, and it's outstanding. And you eat the, oh, the tiger prawns the same way. But so here is, you probably... We're able to tell that when I travel, I like to really get into the culture. Um, now, in the Middle East, when we're doing real active combat operations. You don't always have that opportunity. Right. A lot, of, a lot of times, your... people don't want to talk to you. Just, <clears throat> I get just it. the way it is. Uh, or you're, you know, going to their, you're working. their compounds at 3 in the morning. Yeah. And, it's, you know, you're not going to have a discussion about falafels at that point. Yeah, probably not. So, uh, yeah. Um, one of the things that I – the shortfalls of this is that it, it, can, it can kind of bite you. So when I was – we went out to a site. I think we were investigating an F-4 crash, which is a F-4 Phantom type of aircraft that oh. they flew in Vietnam. And um, we, we were out in the field for quite a while. 
and we're gonna we're coming back in. We're gonna get some lunch, and um, so I I have to go to the restroom, and I I get into the restaurant before anybody else, and I order what I think is beef and noodles, mm-hmm. and it was like misabo, right? Beef and noodles, and um, as I'm going to the restroom, there's this wall with a cage of um, like golden retrievers, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like they're Uh-oh. they're on the menu. Right. Um, so there are some radical cultural differences. I'm not going to critique someone's culture. but So I went back. The rest of the people get in there. They have ordered with Al, who speaks Vietnamese, and which is a tonal language, by the way. Uh-huh, sure, sure. And then my food comes. I start eating it. Their food comes, and they also ordered misabo. Uh, and I look at the, the dishes, hmm? and they were not the same. Uh-oh. Yeah. You pronounced yours differently. I did. Um, so that was the thing. That'll teach you. That That'll learn you. You want to immerse yourself in a culture, make sure you're immersing yeah. yourself in the right part of it. Yeah. And so yeah, let's yikes. see. So the Middle East, we got South America, um, Asia, and then Europe. So how about a Middle Eastern dish? All right. Well, not yet, though, because I haven't had a bite. I've only had a little bite of this. Oh, go ahead. Try and, it no, I can't do it. My mother, are you kidding? She'd come back from the grave and say, you're talking with your mouth full of food. Oh. What did I teach you? So, Nothing. So, I got a little business to take care of. Okay. So we'll do that. I'll have a bite, and we'll continue. Cooley yep. Region Cooking with World Traveler. That's what happens when you're in the service. You travel the world. That's right. And when you're traveling the world and you're not afraid of food you never heard of, well, you, you end up being Derek Van Orden. And we'll talk with him a little more when we come back. Well, you notice right away, Derek, who's... Uh, who in our building is uh, brave and willing to try something they've never heard of before, yeah. nor can they pronounce it, because he's leaving now with a second plate. That's right. He is, you know, he and uh, one of my favorites, because, what's that? Little, 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 oh, okay, I'll try it. Sounds excellent. What was it again? Little, 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 oh, okay. That sounds an awful lot like baby piranha. Yes. Or, or you know, yellow Labrador. What's the you know, what's, um, you yeah. know what's cool about this? So it, this is called Plaskovitska when it's in like a burger form. I should tell very. By the oh, way, sorry. ladies and gentlemen, no, I I get carried away because I actually closed my mouth for a second so I didn't slobber all over the place. Food is delicious. Derek Van Orden, who first traveled the world keeping uh, our country safe. My dose is running too, and uh, and collected food and recipes and stuff. Sure. Names and phone numbers and recipes, or did you say, wow, Al, tell your mom or the lady, this this is really good, write down the recipe, because I'm going to put it in my rucksack and take it home with me. Uh, Actually, a little bit of both. Yeah? Yeah, and a lot of it you get straight from them. Like when we would butcher hogs in uh, Bosnia, for instance, you'd make something called pork cracklings, and that's where you're you're cutting uh, the meat into different... uh, Different primal sections, sure, and which are the big ones because you don't slice them all the way down initially. And then you're taking this fat and you render the fat in a big cauldron. It looks like a witch's like a witch's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, so that cooks off. You get these little bits of very well cooked skin, isn't it skin? Um, no, it's it's the fat itself. Oh, it's oh, it is okay. Oh my gosh, I've had that. I I I watch one of the weird. I shouldn't say weird. One of the unusual, I went to Vietnam a number of years ago with Don Pham and, okay. and his group, and he asked me quietly, hey, you want to go watch? Have you ever seen anybody butcher a pig? 
No. Yeah. Want to? Yeah. Not knowing that to do that, you have to get up at 3.30 in the morning, sure. get on the back of a scooter, and uh, ride to his uncle's farm where they butchered this hog that was as big as a school bus. Yeah. It was so interesting. But at the end of uh, our process, he said, "This is a, we're done with the fun part. Now we're just... We're just going to cut it down. We'll have a lot of this for dinner, but have a taste of this. And it was uh, some some of the hog skin that had been cooked, it's and it was all yeah. yeah. It was really ta- they, crunchy. They that. They little, 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 little yeah. You know what I mean? God, it was good. Yeah. Um, so the, I think we've got we've got three of the continents right, but I've, yep. I've, I've, I I got to tell you this one. So I went to <laughs> <laughs> so I went to jungle environmental survival training in the Philippines. And what that is? And why is, do you do that? Do you? Do you what, why would? Uh, well, I was uh, act, active duty Navy SEAL deployed to Asia, right? And so, but then, and somebody, I'm sure your boss or you know somebody higher up the ladder said, "Any of you guys want to go do something that's even harder than everything you've ever done before, and you might die?" Well, okay, Derek, come with me. Who right. else? But they, it wasn't posed as a question. It oh, was, like, was it? Oh, it was oh like you next were assigned. Week, you're going there. Oh, oh, right. I misunderstood. Yeah, I yeah, thought it was they were looking for. People, that's who is it uh, in the a couple of old uh, comedy uh, movies? I can't think of the uh, the. Uh, uh, as soon as I say it, uh, as soon as I the story was okay. We need a volunteer. Uh, whoever volunteers, take one step forward, and everybody in the yeah. line takes one step back, yeah. except the doofus who didn't take any steps right. at all. Except he's the only one that's standing well, for it. He volunteered. You know, uh, I actually volunteered for every one of my deployments. Did you really? I did. I did eight of them. Of six months or longer, I did uh, five combat tours. Wow. I spent about 16 years away from home um, because we're at war. And uh, Were you married at that time? Yeah. All of it? Yeah. Yeah, Sarah Jane and I have been married now for 29 years. Wow. We have four kids. We just had our eighth grandchild. Um, but when your country needs you and you're capable of performing functions. Yeah, when, you, uh, when there's an awful lot of people like you that hear the call and answer. And then you do it. That's <clears> actually that's awesome. I mean, we haven't mentioned it, but that's why I'm running for Congress also. I know I can do this. And country needs us right now but so back to asia yeah yeah let's go back over there and um, eat something so i met this school jungle jest it was called jungle environmental survival training and our uh, guide for lack of a better word his name was joseph and he was probably 70 something right and th- here's the whole scheme of maneuver you go there you do an induct of like dangerous plants and animals and that sort of stuff which i already did the medical they show intelligence. you what to stay away from right yeah. exactly stay away from this stay away from saturnic caterpillars uh bamboo vipers that sort of stuff and, um, Snakes, no problem. Stay away from caterpillars. Uh, there's like, something called a Saturnid caterpillar that's in, it's native to South and Central America. They they the strangest looking things. They look like uh, some of them look like hairy dogs. Oh, Others wow. look like yeah Saturnid caterpillar. If you guys so they're are big. On, huh? yeah, if you're on the internet right now, anybody <laughs> listening to the show, Google Saturnid caterpillar. Some of them have like the 1950s television antenna thing sticking off them. Oh wow! But uh, <laughs> one of our guys got stung by one. He went into anaphylactic shock. It, had to save his life oh, in the geez. middle of the Panamanian jungle, by the way. Great. But so here's what you do with this jungle thing. You're like, hey, you know, don't step on this. Don't do this sort of stuff. Here is your bag of rice. You have one pound of rice, and you're going to be living in the jungle for a week. So anything else you're going to eat or drink, you have to find and prepare. Okay. I mean, so right. it's. You got to catch it, kill it, skin it, correct. prepare it. it. Which is not the easiest thing. So my guy, my guide. His name was Joseph, and he's in his 70s. And I was about, I think, 10 years after this, I was talking to my Uncle Bob Mulligan, who was, uh, he was in the Navy in World War II. Then he went to Korea and was grievously injured as a Marine. 
And then he went to Laos in 1962, uh, prior to the full-on involvement in the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Well, he went to the same school, and he had a guy named Joseph. And I'm thinking, is this the same? Your guy? I don't know. You know what I mean? It could have been. It was so weird. But I didn't realize that. Maybe until, they're all Joseph. Yeah, that's know, a name but, Americans can pronounce. It right. will all be Joseph. So, I mean, I didn't find that out until a decade later. But anyway, so we're out there in uh, the jungle, and uh, Joseph is like, we're going to go get some bamboo bats. I'm like, okay, let's get some bamboo bats, man. So this, people, <laughs> take out your notepad. Okay, let's yeah, get let's some bamboo well, bats. You know what? I'm hungry at this point. So um, you find green bamboo stands, and look, there will be a, a little uh, notch in it about an inch long by maybe an eighth of an inch or a sixteenth of an inch wide. Uh-huh. So you look for that particular thing in this green bamboo. And then you take your bolero, which is a, like a machete. Big old knife. Yeah, yeah big yeah. old knife. You can call it that. And uh, you hack right above that little notch and pry it open and look inside. And if there's a bamboo bat in there, you'll see it. It's a little bat. It's like an inch and a half tall. Oh, okay. And you're like, okay, great. So you, you wrap up that hole so they can't get out. You cut above and below the, uh, the section of the bamboo. Right. Bamboo is fantastic, like natural cups and all that stuff. Yeah. Take it back to your campfire. You heat that in a fire, which kills the bat very quickly. And then you uh, whittle skewers out of bamboo because you have to make everything. You don't have things. Oh, yeah, you, you don't, don't have, have like a fork and knife. Eat right. this with your fingers Ready, or go. Right. So, <laughs> um, which you actually wind up cooking the rice in bamboo because you don't have a pot. Yeah. Sure. So then you line up these these little bamboo bats shoulder to shoulder on this skewer and then you cook them over fire. So I'm talking to Joseph because we have time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't have Netflix in the jungle. And I'm like, Hey Joseph, um, what do these bamboo bats taste like? And he looked at me and he said, Oh, they, they taste just like the big bats because everybody eats big bats. Everybody you know? eats like, the right? big bats. Oh, and that yeah. was, it's again, that's another example of these different cultural norms around the world. Uh. That was his frame of reference. So part of the a staple of their diet were, were fruit bats. Oh, okay. Bats, which are very bat. big bats. Sure. And he also, man, so remember, this dude's like 70. He's wearing flip-flops, and we're in full camouflage uniforms with machine guns. Right. And he's walking around. He's got this bolero made with – it's hanging on a belt that he made with bark. He's like, oh, here's how you make rope. And, you know, bam, 10 minutes later, he's got rope. <laughs> got how did you do that, man? So he, he goes, uh, we're walking on the trail. And there's something called the bamboo viper, which um, that's the three-step snake in Vietnam. Ooh. You know, it's the really, really bright green one, incredibly venomous. So Joseph is walking, and he, like, shoots his hand off to the side. And he comes, brings his hand back in, and he has a bamboo viper right underneath its head. And he, he holds it up to, I was right behind him, he holds it up to my face, and he goes, bamboo viper. He goes to the next guy in line, Bamboo Viper, Bamboo Viper. We had a whole squad, so we had yeah, eight yeah. guys out there, um, all Navy SEALs. And we're like, what is going on here? So he goes to every guy down the line, Bamboo Viper, Bamboo Viper, bamboo, to show us what it was. Uh-huh. And then he takes this Bamboo Viper, which kills you immediately, throws it on the ground and steps on it with his flip-flop. With his flip-flop? With his flip-flop. And he's like, okay, we keep walking. We're like, what just took place here? Wow. Um, well, I'm glad he didn't just lop the head off and eat it or drink the juice or well, something. You can it's eat, very delicious. You can eat venomous snakes. Um, you just have to, when you, you kill them, you have to make sure that you remove their head far enough back so you're behind the poison glands. Right. Like rattlesnakes Makes and all that stuff. Sure, sure. They're fine. They taste like really tough. Eat the middle, leave the top and the bottom Right. Alone. They taste like very, very tough chicken. Sure. Um, 
So the last, I think the last continent we'll hit is uh, the Middle East. And I was in Iraq. This mission became declassified in 2009. So the top six Iraqi governmental officials were protected by Navy SEAL platoons. Interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. we had civilian clothes on. People thought we were contractors. But that was the only real no-fail mission I've ever been on in my life because if one of these folks had been killed, that's when the elections were going on and things were really rough and it would have been just devastating for American foreign policy if one of these top six people had been killed. So I had a guy named Ibrahim El-Jafri who was a deputy vice president, became the first. What, no Al, no Joseph, just Ibrahim? Ibrahim, yeah. Yeah. You know, he was a family physician. He had six kids, um, and he was a very observant Muslim. And in that culture, you can have up to four wives. You have to treat him equally and all that stuff. But he had one wife and uh, six kids. He was a really fascinating guy. But um, so we hung out with him all all day, every day. And uh, he had something. He was, Derek, you know, I want you to have lunch with me, and I'd I'd eat with him when all these other uh, folks would come over, the UN ambassadors and American ambassadors and generals and all that stuff, but I'm with the prime minister. so. But it's called mazguf. And I'm like, what is this fascinating dish? Because it just looks like a big fish. Oh. And, in fact, it was a big fish, Mike. It was a carp. So really? there's canals all over, irrigation canals, and a lot of them in front of Saddam Hussein's former palaces. He had these big waterworks there with dolphins and all this stuff. Yeah. And... So there's a lot of carp, just like there is in the Mississippi River here. And how you prepare Moscow, all right, everybody take out your pants, uh, catch yourself a carp, and then you split it up the middle and stick uh, wooden stakes through it and put it uh, next to a campfire. So it's split open facing the campfire. All right, so you don't cut it in half. You just split it open. Correct. You split it open. So okay. you split it open. So you butterfly it. Spine's still intact. You butterfly it. <clears throat> and then gut it, of course. And then you put these stakes through there, and then you progressively move it closer to the fire and it smokes this so you put the stakes through the fish into the fish. a plank or no no into the ground oh right on the ground this okay. is iraq i'm just right. I'm no, it's he could have said yeah you just lop off a bamboo you cut the bamboo you stick the bamboo yeah it's it's a, all right right on the ground it's a campfire uh sticks in the dirt and okay then you're eating, all right all right eating this and it's very dusty there. but so uh i'm like okay i'll you know i'll try that Heck Absolutely. Yeah. So, and it's fantastic. And here's what's terribly interesting. Um, Sarah Jane and I live in Prairie du Chien, which is a fantastic, it's just a wonderful town. It's for people listening, if they don't know, it's about an hour south of La Crosse, where we're in the studio right now. There's a guy named Mike Valley who owns Valley Fish and Cheese, which is the most iconic, awesome store in the history of Wisconsin. Um, and he, he is, he had a, a television show for a while. He goes out on the river every day and he, Gillnets, uh, carp, and all these other fish, and he catches turtles. He makes turtle soup. He's, he's, I believe, the last fully licensed all-wood smoker in the state of Wisconsin. Really? Mike Valley. Valley Fish and Cheese, Prairie du Chien. Okay. Okay, guess what Mike has there? He has smoked carp. So, I, I mean, I'm half a world away in Iraq with this guy who becomes the first democratically elected prime minister in Iraq, and I think we're actually waiting for uh, Negroponte, the U.S. ambassador to Iraq, to come over and uh, the doctor, I mean, he's a doctor, we call him Doc. He goes, Derek, I want you to have lunch with me. I sit down with him, waiting for Negroponte to show up. And he serves me this Moscow, which is smoked carp around a campfire. Yeah. And then, gosh, that was 2005? Come back here, Sarah Jane and I, we moved all over. Um, we've moved 13 times, my wife and I. Whew. And what's interesting is Prairie du Chien is the first time we've really felt at home in our entire, almost really, all marriage. those moves. 
all those moves because we feel like we're really part of the community here for the first time. That's and awesome. We could have lived anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country. We intentionally came back to my home state of Wisconsin, and uh, now we live in Prairie du Chien, and I've, it's the first time we really, really feel at home. Cool. So three blocks from my house, Mike Valley smokes carp, and it's essentially Moscow from Iraq. Really? How about that? That's crazy. Those are fantastic. That is. That get is. get down to Prairie, please go. Smoked carp is, is that an unusual thing? I grew up in Michigan uh, and spent a good deal of time in the Upper Peninsula where they smoke all kinds of fish. Yeah, they carp. also uh, smoke other stuff there because they legalize recreational marijuana. I think it's had oh, a very yeah, detrimental not, effect on their not, economy. Not when I lived there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I, they smoke, what's the little tiny, it's not an AY. Smelt. Smelt. Right. That's the other fish. Tell you what, down at Stoddard, which is another little town on the, on the way down yep. uh, to Prairie, they yep. do their smelt fry. I know. Very popular. Big deal. And I love that Those, stuff. I know. Smelt really good. It's fantastic. First time I ever ate a smelt and thought, well, uh, you know, how do you prepare it? You cook it. Sure. Well, you don't have to fillet it or anything? Nope. You just, you know, you can cut the head off or maybe it will, depending on where you're going to eat it, sometimes they will give it to you with the yep. head cut off. Yep. Otherwise... And you'll see people sitting at the table at the smelt fry popping right. that whole smoked smelt right in their mouth. Head, yeah. tail, the whole package. Tell you. Um, okay, Africa. All, All right. right. No, wait. Let me do one more break. Okay. Cause they're, and I'll start asking questions, sure. and then I'll get in trouble and be behind. And you know okay. how that goes. I don't want Africa yep. and smoked carp, which actually is really tasty. It's fantastic. I know. Have, has, has Mike? Have you ever talked with Mike? About uh, what's the flying carp? The flying, you know, the oh, the invasive. You know that, what? That carp. The Asian carp. Asian. Carp. The issue with that is they have Y bones, so they're very difficult to to fillet properly. Oh, are they? That's oh. the thing. And people have been trying to find a, a good use for those. Some are using for fertilizer and all that stuff. If they could figure out a way to, you got to bring over some Bosnians. That seventy year old guy with flip flops. Well, that's Joseph. Turn he's, him loose. He's Filipino. Oh, right. oh, Filipino. Well, right. you got to turn those guys <laughs> loose on the beach with a bunch of carp and say, come up with a recipe, you'll be a bajillionaire. Yeah, you would be. Because we got all those fish and nothing to do with them. Yeah. I remember a contest, this is probably 10 years ago, that uh, somebody, a, a Michelin star chef, hosted a worldwide contest, or it's, I think it was nationwide, then it went worldwide, cause the, the, and the goal was to make a fish recipe that everyone will eat. Because we've got all these invasive fish, and we yeah. don't know what to do with them, and they're going to be a problem when they get to Lake Michigan. Yeah. Nobody could figure out a way to do it. So, they, well, you know, we've got all these fish. Nobody can figure out a way to cook them so that anybody would eat them. And uh, so we need your Bosnian friends to come over here and help us do we'll that. Have Maybe a- if you cook it in bamboo or something. Okay. Stake it to the dirt, and, you know, every few minutes move it closer to the fire. That's how you make musk goof. You're paying attention. This is awesome. Tell everybody's you. taking notes out there. I, I'm. Derek Van Orden is my guest in the kitchen this morning. Next time we get, he's already inviting himself back, which is awesome. We'll go to Germany next time. Geez, I was getting all ready to schmooze you into. Can I get you to come back? You know, pretty soon you're going to be way up the ladder and more important and probably wearing a tie all the time even when you cut the grass and all the rest of that baloney. No, but sometimes But you'll come I'll back and just be a regular Prairie Duchene type resident? Of course. Bring Mike Valley with you and we'll smoke a carp in the studio. That'd be... That may set off the fire alarm. It could. I think. Could probably, but would everybody be happy? They would. And the no. fire department would get here and they'd eat first and then put the fire out. Eh, maybe not. 
So we're Cooley Region cooking with food from around the globe or from around the five continents that Derek has spent time in. And we've come all the way back around to uh, Germany. When I was in high school, I went to Austria, my senior trip. All the kids went to Spain because they wanted to sit on the beach and get their tan. And there was 12 of us who didn't want to do that. So we went to Austria to go skiing. And it was the worst winter they'd had in a million years. So the skiing was horrible. So we rented it. It was so cold or? Pardon me? Just because it was so cold? Oh, I don't know. I didn't ask. You know, I'm in high school. I don't care. Right. Why Why can we only ski down down here? We, there's no snow. What about up on the mountain? Yeah. Well, there there's some snow up on the mountain, but, you know, you'll see. Yeah. So it was slushy, and so we did. So we yeah. did sightseeing, including uh, driving. We rented a car and uh, drove to Munich. And it was right before, the, uh, right before the uh, Olympics. Yeah. And we could see all the buildings that were built and so forth. Yeah. Uh, Munich is a really cool town. Ate a bunch of food. What is that? I don't know. Number six on the menu. I'll have one of those. They make their own special type of schnitzel there. So Wiener schnitzel is, uh, you can make it from pork, but it's also supposed to be made with veal. With veal, sure. Right. And uh, how they do it in Munich, there's a couple restaurants right outside of town. The Marienplatz is the center there. Mm -hmm. They have the big clock and all that. Um, Is they take the, uh, they take the veal, you you pound the veal, Mm -hmm. You put uh, it in flour, then you dip it in egg, mm-hmm. and then you would do breadcrumbs. That's a normal schnitzel. Right. What the, the guys do down outside of Munich, or they call it Muchen, that's how the Germans pronounce it, um, is you put a layer of mustard, and then flour, then egg, then breadcrumbs. So oh. as you're cutting into... So the first thing that you put on that pounded veal is mustard. It's mustard, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really good. That's interesting. Um, Have you ever eaten... At uh, the Lacrosse Beer House, speaking I of have, German food. As a matter of fact, yeah. yeah, it's excellent. Did it bring back memories, good ones? Yeah, because I, mean, I know those guys work really hard to make their authentic, authentic. German meals it's, authentic to Germany. Yeah, it's great. And I tell you what, um, I'll come back. I'll make you some schnitzel. I'll make some Rotkraut. Okay, uh, some actual German. Uh, we might start doing Cooley Region cooks, you know, Thursday and Friday. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll make you Kartoffelsalat. That's a potato salad. Um, okay, so I got to tell you something about Africa. Yeah, yeah. Got two minutes. Okay, two minutes. Africa. I lived in Africa for seven months, and I was working against the Al-Shabaab problem set, the mm-hmm. terrorists that are stationed in Somalia. I lived in Djibouti, Africa, um, which shares a long border with Somalia. Um, they have fantastic French bread there, by the way, because that's the largest external presence of the French military um, outside of France. Is that really? The, it's the 13th and a half battalion of oh. – <laughs> no, I'm serious, 13, only the French would do that. 13th and a half battalion of the Foreign Legion stationed in Djibouti, Africa. Great guys. Kind of a little crazy, but so my interpreter, he's all excited. He's like, Derek, we're going to go get camel and we're going to go to the best camel restaurant in Djibouti. It's in Menlik Square. And I'm like, okay, let's do this, let's, man. Let's go eat so camel. We're going to go get camel. Great. And he's like, he's giddy, like a kid that, you know, a candy, a kid in a candy store at Christmas morning. And he's like, okay, great camel, camel. So we go there, we order this, this camel. And I'm telling you, man, I mean, we've covered about all the things that I'll eat, right? That was the worst tasting thing I was it really? ever had. It tasted like if you were to like boil shoe leather in goat urine is what that camel Oh, yeah, like. I've tasted that before. <laughs> okay, it was. It's really funny when people say, oh, man, this stuff tastes like poop. Right. Really? When was the last time you had a poop sandwich? Right. So How do you know? It, it was horrible. And I tell people, you know, I would rather get into a hand clapping contest to the death with a North Korean than eat camel again. Really? Yes. It wasn't the way it was prepared. It was just horrible. Really? And it may have been old camel, but uh, 
It, it was just old. Like, that was it. It was an old camel. It that could have been. But I bought from a hibachi from a little lady who sat all squunched down on the sidewalk in Vietnam. She's cooking stuff on a yeah. on a skewer. Isn't that great. And oh, it was delish. Yeah. It was so good. I ordered a, a a stick, a kebab for there was eight of us in our group. I ordered eight seven more. Yeah. For everybody, we ate it. It's delicious. And everybody started wondering, what is this chicken? Or maybe it's frog legs. And I was lizard. Yeah. Fi- 